We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Hack It Out Golf Podcast with myself, Mark Crossfield, Scott Fawcett, and Lou Stagner. Today we're talking 2020 review, golf review. So we've got Lou and Scott in the house. Should be an interesting one. Not being the best year for obvious reasons, but what are the highlights that we can pull out of it? Um, Should be a fun episode. Welcome, Scott. Welcome, Lou. Hey, Mark. Howdy. Hey, Scott. How are we doing? So 2020, we're talking best golfing memory moment. It can be anything. Who wants to kick it off? I'm literally racking my brains a little bit. Just to, like It's been a year I've wanted to forget in lots of ways. But what's been, let's go, Lou. What's been your best moment of 2020 golfing-wise? Well, there's so many to pick from this year. Um, one, I think, first of all, the fact that we got back to playing golf was, was great. For a time there, we... When we went uh, uh, in lockdown and, and there was no golf to be played or golf to be watched, uh, uh, those were uh, definitely some tough days. So the fact that we got to play golf, I think, was one of the highlights. But if I had to pick one, boy, I would I would go maybe with Morikawa. Like he missed uh, he missed that uh, putt in the playoff against um, was it Berger against it was at Colonial. And I believe that's I was where it standing was. right there, and I don't even remember where, who it was. Yeah, and, and he missed that, and so many people, you know, thought, "Wow, this is going to be crushing to this guy, and he's not going to be able to recover." And then for him to come back and and win uh, uh, an event, and then a major, and, and that drive that he hit on was it fifteen or sixteen at Harding Park? I forget what hole number it was, but the drive that he hit to, to seven feet. Yeah, I mean, 16, just I phenomenal. So I would go with, I really enjoyed watching the, the lightning fast progression of Colin Morikawa from college amateur player to, you know, stone cold assassin. So that, for me, that was number one. Yeah, I like that. And how much more will he give? Obviously, we're going to do looking forwards going on, but how much more will he give um, going forward? Do you reckon he's going to be multiple major winner? What do you reckon, Lou? I think he's going to win multiple majors. Uh, if he can, he is such a phenomenal iron player. His iron iron play is spectacular. If he can, if he can putt and improve that just a smidge, 
Um, he has the ability to be a 20 to 30 time winner on the PGA tour and a half a dozen plus majors. I mean, it's so hard to make these predictions early yeah, on. He could, he, he could get hurt tomorrow and, and, and things could change in a heartbeat, but he is a tremendous player. And, and I think he's going to have double digit wins without, without a doubt. And, and that first major will not be his last major. Do you reckon he'll go on searches? Obviously not the world's longest player. Do you reckon he'll go on journeys or will he just set in what he's got and see what majors and tournaments it brings? I think that's always an interesting question when you are that good, but you maybe haven't got the biggest weapons in the world. What what do you think? No, that's a good question. And um, I think Bryson, I'm sure there's some people out there with how much I post about Bryson that are, are shocked that I didn't pick Bryson as my number one moment. But I think Bryson changed the calculus for a lot of players. And it'll be interesting to see what, what players like, like Morikawa do, what, what players like Ricky Fowler do. Are they going to try to um, add three or four miles per hour of swing speed through you know, eight protein shakes a day or whatever else they're going to try and do to, to get that distance we know how important it is and the fact that Bryson was able to pull it off at the level that he did I think it's inspired a lot of pros and this this offseason this downtime is um, to me I'm most interested at, at what is going to happen when we get back to playing after they've all had some time to to work on speed I, I think Morikawa will, will try to add speed uh, it's just based on nothing other than he's a pretty smart guy and he's got a lot of smart people in his camp and he knows how important distance is. So I, I assume he'll try to get a bit longer. Yeah, interesting. And Scott, best moment for yourself, 2020, golf-related. Well, just to add on that, that's the reason I was showing you on my sheet because uh, I had Morikawa down also as one of my highlights of the year. Yeah. And I think that the one key thing, especially with the question as you asked it, there mark was just about length and i've got him right here at 113 and a half miles an hour club head speed for the entire season last year you know 297 my main thing with when we start talking 30 you know ish wins you know careers that win rate's getting up there close to 20 or excuse me 10 percent and it's actually a really interesting thing for lou to be able to run aside from that we don't have enough data going back far enough to see if there are players who have 10% win rate careers as a average to maybe even slightly below average club head speed guy. I personally, I don't see it. And this is where like <laughs> Colin Morikawa sat through my seminar in college. I've had some conversations with him. Like I'm a huge Morikawa fan. His coach Rick Sessinghouse has done an amazing job with him mentally. It's just, he's, he is the complete player he just needs a little bit more speed. And this isn't me picking on Colin. I said this exact same thing about Jordan Spieth when he was 120-ish uh, starts into his career and he'd won 11 or 12 times at the time. And I, I was saying, and this is a tongue-in-cheek thing to say, but he's not that good. He's you know, one of the best players that's ever walked the planet. He's not a 10% win rate career guy. He just doesn't hit it far enough, in my opinion. Everything else has to be perfect all the time. And that's a really difficult thing to do for 15 years. Mm. The key to me is, and what I was saying about Spieth coming into what has now happened is when he goes a year without winning, does he start to rebuild? Does he need to rebuild? What, what goes through that mindset? And I would even say Bryson was getting close to it before coming out and winning this year where he hadn't won in a year and a half after winning five or six times quickly. 
when you have that success quickly, you think, well, shoot, maybe I am a 10% win rate guy and you're just not. I mean, and that's said with, it's really hard to be that. And I think that's the key to, to what we'll watch unfold with Morikawa. But for my highlights of the year, and this is where it is largely personal, but Morikawa, Zalatoris, and DeChambeau all attended my seminar in college, obviously, with Zalatoris. But really, to me, to watch Zalatoris go into the, the, the lockdown, as a good player, he was already you know in the top five, I would assume, maybe even second or third on the Corn Ferry money list when we locked down. But to watch him come out and run off 12 top 10s or top 20s in a row, a win, go to the U.S. Open after the way that they did the season, it's, you know, it's the only choice they had, but to say like, look, this is going to be a, an awkward two-year wraparound season. Okay, we're going to give the top 10 on the PGA Tour starts in the, in the alternate field events, but you've also got to keep your positioning on the Corn Ferry money list. Like I, going into the U.S. Open, I'm like, dude, this is so set up for a disaster where you're playing both tours, you're playing 40 weeks in the next 52 you're exhausted. You flounder your corn fairy down to 15th. And to watch that kid go out to the U.S. Open as kind of the man, like the, the publicity had started from guys like Sean Martin, the PGA Tour, right? I'm like, dude, look at this guy. He never plays bad. And to show up at the U.S. Open and finish sixth was just absolutely mind boggling to me. I, you know, Bryson won by six, but he's already made $50 million. It, it changed his life but it didn't change his life much. Um, not as much as it did Zalatoris, in my opinion, because now that top 10 gets him into Puerto Rico, I believe it was. He top 10s again. He Monday, like the guy has essentially gone from, I'm going to be playing both tours for the next 15 months to he's a PGA Tour member and has made a million six or something this year. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's insane. He's gone from at this, you know, nine months ago at the start of the lockdown, probably having a hundred or two thousand dollars in the bank to now probably legitimately has a million bucks and has got himself set up. I think it's the most amazing story personally, and I'm trying hard to remove emotion from it, well, but no, I just I don't think good. enough can be said about it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's certainly a story that I haven't heard much of as well. So um, thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. I can see why that is a a top moment for you. Um, My top moment would have to be, well, it's Bryson, but it's actually more for me, it's the conversations that Bryson is generating, which has been the most exciting for me and for golf. Uh, I've given this example a couple of times. I don't think I've told you guys in other podcasts and videos and what have you, but I got a Starbucks down the road from a lady on the drive who doesn't play golf. And before the masters, she was asking me about who's this scientist everyone is talking about. Like his golfing voice is touching such a bigger audience and where it polarizes, which I understand for the people who don't like him and then the people who love him, like something to do with that for me. It's the fact that his voice 
is getting out there and touching so many golfers and then in turn people who aren't in the game is just fantastic because at the moment with Tiger on the downward slide arguably there aren't those voices like DJ is not speaking to the lady in Starbucks like DJ is talking to golfers <laughs> at the most isn't he um, so I think it's the conversations for me has been a real highlight for 2020 and in a year that's been so rubbish and most conversations in 2020 I'm sure you've had them um, you know you phone someone up you haven't spoken to for a while and it's COVID chat isn't it are you in lockdown how are you doing do you know anyone who's got it like how are you feeling have you yeah right. have you recovered Scott's had it and recovered <laughs> thankfully um but to have actually other conversations with golfers outside of the bigger global pandemic awful conversation for me has been really positive and I think it's a shame that it is so polarizing I understand why he is polarizing like and that's I love that about him um but I think the conversations it sparked I mean I've seen tweets from people like Paul Waring, European Tour Pro Paul Waring. You guys heard of Paul Waring? I know who he is. Yeah. Um, great player. Been on the PGA Tour for years. He's posting pictures of him trying to hit really fast ball speeds. And he's posting tweets saying, you know, golf is fun again. You know, what people often don't understand with Tour Pro, certainly season ones have played for a long time. And I've been around them long enough now. You know, it's not boring. They're very grateful for their jobs and I'm not speaking for them and they love what they do. But it is boring as well. It's a job at the end of the day. And they're not winning majors where as a kid, they would want to be that player winning majors. So there is a, an element of frustration to them as well. They travel a lot. Maybe don't see their families as much as they wish. They earn loads of money and do really well. So again, this isn't, you know, there are people struggling more than tour players. But what Bryson has done is put another element. It's not just Bryson on his own as well. I mean, it's people like Scott and it's also with Como and all, all his other team have allowed people to almost reunite their love of golf. Not that it needed reuniting, but I think every now and then it, it's not a bad thing that it gets a little bonus bit of fun. I've had, I've had a ton of fun this year chasing, refinding my distance. And more Me than too. I Me can too. say, and when you do connect on the one, even at my level, like every once in a while, you're like, whoa, that was, that was awesome. And to speak to your point about Bryson, though, I actually, whenever I gave away all that stuff for the Masters and then came down with COVID, I didn't obviously get to uh, ship it out until just this week, three weeks later. But whenever I was in FedEx, I've got, you know, just the decade golf cards and a ton of books I'm mailing to like, you know, 30 people around the world. And the lady that was helping me, she was like, you know, what is all this about? And I was like, oh, I teach golf and whatever. And she's like, oh, you know, my boyfriend plays a lot of golf and he just was freaking out at, you know, Bryson winning the, you know, the U S open and all that stuff. She's like, do you know him at all? And literally I had the pennant that was signed by him. I was like, actually, this is, <laughs> I had him sign this. <laughs> and she was just like, you know, here's just a random chicken FedEx that basically was freaking out. Like, Oh my God. And you know, like, can I take a picture of it? I'm like, that's, you want to take a picture of a pennant, but it is, it, it's not tiger mania, obviously, but it is a story that's a little bit bigger than just, golf it is getting into the mainstream yeah 100 percent. and i honestly don't think that he gets enough credit for that and i know i don't think in any way it was his, his intention but it certainly is what has happened and he deserves more credit for that than he gets and i hope he sits at home and thinks yeah like that's great that i'm speaking to other people outside of golf even if it wasn't his attention because you know golf can be stale can't it i know scott you don't particularly watch loads of golf i don't particularly watch loads i follow it online it's slow it's stale. the personalities 
are not that great, are they? You know, you're not getting fist pumps and running around and shouting like you do maybe on tennis or football, <laughs> soccer in the UK. Um, so I think it's great. That, that's been a real highlight for me. So let's move on then to the Masters. You can't talk about 2020 and not really talk about the Masters. In November, I think it was the first time it was ever in November. I might be wrong there, but I'm pretty sure it was. Um, how was it for you, Lou? Do you want to kick us off? What was your thoughts on the Masters? this year it was interesting being a different time of the year much different than we've seen it before i think the course played a, a bit different uh, the rain leading into the event and the lack of wind certainly made it a a scoring festival and i think any any golf course that gets saturated and has no wind the best players in the world are going to tear it up and and we see you know we see what dj did to it and and what the field did as a whole and leading into the week i i started posting um as the weather forecast started to to come more into shape i started posting boy it looks like really optimal scoring conditions if this rain comes through on you know wednesday into thursday and then goes away we could see some really no not really low numbers if 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 that works out that way and it did and, and we saw some some really low numbers um i love the masters no matter what they could play it uh in, in a snowstorm in the middle of january in, in green bay and i would still watch it and i would still love it so it doesn't uh, doesn't change my my love for the event at all um it was fun to uh, watch all of the hype with bryson going into the event i mean that is all that anyone was talking about leading into the event was Bryson and his 48 inch driver and what is he going to do and he's going to destroy it and he's going to shoot 50 under and he's going to ruin golf and and then and then he's in bets with Larry Mize yeah and then and, and then you know Bernard beats him you know Bernard's you know hitting it uh you know a lot shorter and and, and Bryson has an off week and um so it was uh it was great it was fun to watch um I am super excited that we don't have to wait a full year for the next one um, so I hope uh, maybe they can start doing two a year, one in April, one in November. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I would be, I would be good with that. <laughs> well, I was just about, yeah, absolutely. I was just about to say you wouldn't want it in November very often, would you? As in, if that's how the course can play it, it where I loved that we had it because obviously this year hasn't been great and we got the bonus of having the masters. I did watch it thinking you just wouldn't want it. Like I want the fire in that course. I don't want, the soft like you put the soft greens and it just it takes away what that course is so spectacular watching you know I, I want people who have nine irons into greens and have a chance of bouncing off into an area that they can't get up and down on or that they're going to spin it back into the water those kind of things I don't want them because what was quite interesting from this year is they had longer clubs than they've ever had in like there were more hybrids being hit second shots and long clubs that I've ever seen but as you obviously saw from the scoring which i think sometimes the audience don't quite grasp these guys don't care how far they've got they're just good what they do care <laughs> is about how much they're in control of that ball when it lands or not and if a ball is going to land and stop ultimately they're nearly let's call it 87 percent in control of what that shot's doing if it's landing and there's an element of roll off spin bounce i mean that's coming down to 40 percent, 60 percent, whatever the number is so to see them have longer clubs in, which is what the internet seems to want. Oh, we want, we don't want them in wedges in the goose. Well, they had that 
and they ripped it apart. You need that and the course hard. Well, actually, a nine iron with a course hard uh, and those greens as fast and slow as they get can also have its issues because you've now got to control the spin when it lands as well. So I wouldn't want to see it in November all the time, but it was fantastic having it. Masters for you, Scott. How did it feel? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, you know, so the one key thought that I had going into it was the time that I played Augusta was in November. And the, oh, you know, I'm not an agronomist. Hang on, not, hang, on know, hang on, hang <laughs> on. That's just a casual. Like, what the, what, that's a bombshell there. The one time that I played just Augusta, well. The one time, yeah. All right. So you, you know, how did you actually, play it? Can I ask how you played it? Uh, As in how you got on it. You knew a member, do you? No, I'm when my sister didn't passed break away, in again, did you? <laughs> when, when my sister passed away back in 2016, one of my buddies was the head pro at the Elotion Club, which is Warren Stevens Club in Little Rock. And so he said, Hey, my buddies had a really weird year. Can you get us on out at Augusta? So my buddy Grant and I went out and played with Jeff Knox, who's the heroic uh, weekend, you know, time slot filler. And I mean, it was. It, it was amazing. This doesn't need to shift into a diatribe of my experience at Augusta, but the day we played it, it was November 7th ish. And in my experience growing up in Texas, whenever we have uh, the overseed, the rye, you know, there's a good six weeks where the course or the tee box, whatever, it's just this wispy, thin rye grass trying to get through the Bermuda, which is exactly what they've got there. And it's soaking wet because you've just got to keep the sprinklers on basically all day. And I just didn't, I didn't think you could get the rye in and thick unless they literally like packed it with ice or however that works, but then you're eliminating the sun. I had no idea, but that was my biggest concern going in. And I would say that that was, it's not a disappointment, but you could see on the tee boxes, especially when you had foot traffic in the same spot, like, it was just destroyed. If you had a camera looking down. Yeah, yeah. You've never seen been, it like that. Yeah, I guarantee you that they were instructed to keep camera angles low. Yeah. Because yeah. it looks a lot fuller than it is. You know, you know I, just I actually that like that. I, I actually like that part of seeing Augusta a little bit beat up around the edges. When we see it in April, it looks there's not a blade of grass out of place. It, it is, it is a per, it's perfection. And it was, uh, it was fun for me to see Augusta, uh, uh, not perfect. And like the tee box on 13 was a, was a mess. It was yeah. an absolute mess. And I, I enjoyed seeing it that way. And it maybe it helps, you know, I talked with one of my superintendent friends and, and he said, this is going to help me. People are seeing Augusta and it's not perfect. And it's going to temper expectations at the club that he is the superintendent of that surprise, surprise, doesn't have the same maintenance budget <laughs> as Augusta. And so, you know, people like that, they may see Augusta in a different light. So I, I, I kind of like that it turned out that way. I didn't have it. I didn't like it or not like it. I'm just kind of making an observation because I enjoyed the tournament, but it gets back to Mark's point was kind of where I was going with it all is, you know, the A of, of analyze and decade is, 
you're taking in the course conditions. That's where people, when they don't know decade from start to finish, they, they think that, well, how can it take account for this? Well, it does. If it's blowing less than five miles an hour, you take one off of the baseline number. If it's soft, you can take one or two off the baseline number. You can, you really do start getting more aggressive because at its core, every professional sport involves some sort of a ball and the best team is essentially the one that's in the most control of the ball. And, you know, whether that's a quarterback, a basketball team with, you know, running the triangle offense or whatever, whoever's got the most control of the ball is essentially going to wind up winning combined with psychology and all other kinds of asterisks. But in golf, if you've got more control, you can get more aggressive. These guys are really good. The weather just happened to be perfect. Not really any wind. Like it just couldn't be set up anymore for scoring, which there is part of me that, will always say that there's an asterisk on the record because to the question earlier, it's been played in November. It sure hasn't been played in November in a long time, not in the modern era. Yeah, yeah. And it's just not the same. It's that, that, that record doesn't count in my opinion. That'll get me nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll get you a lot of tweets. Um, I mean, and it was noticeable, wasn't it? Going into the back nine, um, Cam Smith, just was not going to catch DJ because of no. the lack of rollout, him struggling to reach par fives. And um, I mean, Scott's obviously played it. Drop that bombshell <laughs> on us, didn't he, Lou? <laughs> he did. Uh, so I, I have a plan to, to play there. And my plan does not include actually playing the course. When I, when I go there as a patron, I will bring a golf ball with me in my pocket. I'm going to stand on the tee on 12. And I practice this. So there's a, I, I set a bag down. And in one motion, I, I jump the rope. And I pull an eight iron. And I throw the ball down. And happy Gilmore style, I take a swing. And then I put my hands behind my back. And I yeah. leave in handcuffs. And, that, and then you that's get the, your coat. Yeah, that's the only the way I will ever get to play there. So yeah, I'll that's just my get my plan. coat. <laughs> have you been there? You haven't been there as a patron. I no. have not been there yet. No, you've got to go. I've been trying. Go. I've been. Uh, I've been trying to get tickets for I don't know, thirteen. For, as long as they've done the lottery, they don't pick me. I I'm not surprised. I, but uh, yeah, I, I will yet. say that <laughs> having played it, if I had died, oh, he's played it. No, just he had to drop that in there again. <laughs> if I had just, died, if anyone without... listening to this podcast, just so we're clear, Scott has played Augusta. Sorry, Scott, <laughs> but, but here's the key: if I had died without playing it i would have thought well of course and there's no chance i was going to play it now that i've played it but not in tournament conditions i'll actually be pretty disappointed if i don't get to play it in late february march it, at least uh, once in my life now like i'll be disappointed I if he doesn't get to play it a second time <laughs> yeah if i had died without playing it i'd have been like well naturally i wasn't going to play but now i will be disappointed if i don't get to see it so now we, so we've got Scott's put an asterisk on this year's Masters. So I'll just DM DJ that Scott's written off that win, and also he's disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> and he's also disappointed that he hasn't played Augusta twice. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so for me, Augusta was great that we got it. I loved that we got it. I didn't like it being in November, but I liked that we got it. Um, interestingly, you said your point about the course. I didn't think of it that way at all. I like that point because I didn't like seeing brownness on the grass. It just like I, you know, have grown up with Augusta being what it is and it will be back at its normal time and, you know, it will be great hopefully going into next year. Also, it is really good that we do get two masters really close to so your point of getting almost two a year. It does feel like you're getting that, doesn't it? Um, 2021. 
any expectations? What are your thoughts? What can we expect for 2021? Obviously, it's all out there and complete speculation because my crystal ball's broken. I'm not sure what your two crystal balls going like, but what are your thoughts moving into 2021 golf related? What might we see? Scott, you got something for me? Well, I actually was going to start with the Masters also, too. I, I think that and I can't believe that nobody ever makes this point on TV, but they always talk about, you know, the first time Masters participants don't have historically the greatest results. And that's going back, you know, 50 years through ever, through forever. And now that we are, you know, certainly even at my age at 47, but even at Jordan Spieth's age, we've been watching the entire golf course on TV, the, you know, since we were kids at this point, whereas before you only saw the last six holes and then they find like, Ooh, we're going to see the whole back nine. And Oh my God, you're going to show us nine, two, and now eight and then seven. And now every single shot that anyone hits is on there. Like there isn't, it is the one major that is played on the same course every single year. And I don't expect that to change, but that has, is one reason that to me, it's not, not lost its luster by any stretch of imagination. The Masters, I, I said this whenever I was playing professionally, if you offered me the other three majors or one Masters, I would have taken one Masters. I just, that has always been my golf tournament, my deal. Um, and, and I just think that now that you see these young guys like Victor Hovland, obviously Colin Morikawa, Matthew Wolf, I think it's going to be interesting to see how quickly we get our first winner first first time winner it's coming and it's coming soon um i don't think javi didn't play this year did he he was did he play i don't, I don't really know. know i wouldn't be able to quote yes or no i'm guessing no but i don't know if he played yeah, i don't know if he was Hovland top 50 or, well because this would have been april so it predated any of the stuff there's i don't think he won he played i yeah. think a guy like that going in there that drives it like he does i i think he's a you know not a, a, a you know a, a favorite but he's Definitely got a chance of going in there and doing something special as a first timer. Got a guy like Zalatoris, who if he can, he's 55th in the world right now. If he can move up into the top 50, that guy's got a chance of getting in there and, and doing something special with the ball striking abilities he has. So I, that's really one thing for 2021. I'm excited to see is how those first timers start really doing, especially with their prep work and just satellites like we talk about all the time, but understanding there's no reason to go in there and think I can't win just because it's never done historically. Things have changed. Material things have changed. They, they've got as good a chance as anyone. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it'd be interesting, actually, Lou, as well with this, is uh, do we not have first-time winners at Augusta purely because the field is so small? That has to play its part as much as the cliched idea of got to know the course ideas because as scott says there we've seen the course so much and again these players are just really good like they they, they have enough practice rounds to like work out enough nuances possibly of that course because it's a very small field isn't it i mean is it 90 players and 20 plus of them are past champions so we're actually mm -hmm. talking maybe 70 players i don't know what the open normally is what 140 players is it or something on day one or 120 i mean it's it's a tiny field for a major it's a tiny it? field it's a yeah. very small field and it, uh, it used to be much smaller back in uh, some of the early days there were years where the field was uh, less than 40 players yeah. back in some of the early days so yeah small very small field so that's got to play its part into why we don't see um first time winners as well to a certain point um for you lou 2021 expectations what do you think might happen any bombshells you play in augusta as well or i'll just i can just 
Sorry, you guys up every week and talk about Augusta. Not I have it, not I played uh, Augusta. <laughs> I played the home of the 1912 U.S. Open, which is now a public muni in Buffalo, New York, and it's it's run down. But uh, uh, that's my claim to fame. Of okay. courses I've been on. Um, 2021. I, I'm most excited about uh, where the distance conversation is headed. I think Bryson has started a a conversation with top touring professionals on distance and we saw you know number of players posting their uh, you know their sessions on the range and and I, I just did 200 mile per hour ball speed and and I think we're going to see more players shift into trying to swing more like Bryson who was it Eddie Pepperell just uh, tweeted the other day that he was putting a 48 inch driver in play to test it out and, and see how that was going to work out. So Bryson's really changed the conversation. And during this off season, this short period of time that we have before they get back uh, into the swing next year, I'm, I'm interested to see what players are going to try to come to uh, the table next year with two to five miles per hour of additional swing speed and that, that'll be the thing that I'm most interested in. And, and then, you know, the, the bifurcation debate, which I think is going to be a topic we'll cover in the future. I think there's going to be a lot of conversation around that. The USGA released something the other day on that. I think that conversation will continue from them. And it, I'm not sure where it will head with the governing bodies or with the PGA Tour and uh, if we see some changes there. But I have my eyes on that for 2021. Yeah, I think I like that'll be that. interesting to watch stats. Who does? Because for you to say like two to five, I think we will see a number of players put five on because as I've said in my own quest for refining my distance, just the simple intention of trying to hit it harder, I, I think can be two or three miles an hour on its own, let alone then putting in some work. I'm not going to say you can put five miles an hour on overnight, but I think a lot of guys on tour could put on five miles an hour almost overnight, like just with intention. Intention, and I, definitely. And that's not a, a slower player like Zach Blair or a faster player like DJ. I don't think that that is weighted towards a specific kind of player because DJ, he's – probably has the same mindset that I had. Like I already hit it past everyone. So whatever. But now it's like, Oh, but hitting it further past everyone is even better. I think that's, it's going to be an amazing thing to watch over the next year or two. That's I, I want to change my answer to that. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. I think that is, that was going to be one of my choices as well on where that conversation goes. I think a few points on that though, which I, um, I've got worries about because uh, you've spent time around tour players. Let's pretend next year, Bryson has a atrocious year. Like he just struggles, still keeps his distance, but he just can't keep it on the planet and he has an awful year. It will give a lot of relief to the many tour pros who still think to this day or at this moment that what he's doing is not realistic it will cause injury it can't be sustained and all those things that are said so he like the fact that bryson as scott said in prior podcasts is the poster boy i think is a shame that it's so much weight on one group of soldiers because yeah. shoulders because it also then relates to lose points that he's made in a couple of pods now of a sample size of one that's the problem when you've got one guy and it relies on him being the one to fly this flag it won't actually give it the run that we need it to have and 
you know, I've seen interviews which were publicly posted with PGA Tour with people like Ricky Fowler, not laughing at what Bryson was doing, but would was you know, I'll never do that. Like Ricky's happy how he looks. He's a California <laughs> kid and he wants to have his hat on backwards and be cool, doesn't he? Like he doesn't <laughs> want to turn himself into Bryson. You got the feeling, and I'm this is just my feeling from what he would say because it would affect other parts of his life that maybe he's happy with. And it's not as if he's chasing money anymore. You know, he's a very established pro with plenty of wins and great sponsorships. So I'd hope that Bryson can carry the flag and I hope more people join him because I think that will be a massive shame if we have to go through the painful conversations of, I told you so, it doesn't work. He, you know, uh, he's worse now because you know, that's coming, but because, oh, yeah. The sample size of one issue is something that not, lots of people just simply don't want to acknowledge. Um, so I, I think, think with the cynical nature on. of humans, there's yeah. not, there's a lot of hoping it happens too, as opposed to just yeah, you know, hoping he fails basically. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just, Where, so, go, go on, uh, Lou. What were you going to say? Yeah, I, I, on that topic, as far as the sample size of one, I've tweeted out there. I did an analysis on the 200 players that made the largest year-over-year improvement in distance, and those players. We we've talked about it a little bit in the past, and those players as a group only lost about a half percent of accuracy, but as a group, they made a lot more money in the year that they gained distance. So when you go back and look at the data that we have back to 1983 on this, or 1980 on this, on, on distance and players increasing distance significantly, as a group, they earn a significant amount of money in the year that they gain distance. So if Bryson happens to um, have an off year next year and, and, and continues to have off years, uh, you can't come to the table and say, well, it didn't work for Bryson and it's not going to work. And that's one of the things that I find really odd about Bryson is when Bryson is playing well, uh, you'll hear a general sentiment of, you know, he's hitting it too far, he's ruining the game. And then when he plays poorly, you hear, well, it, it's never going to work. Well, well, which one is it? Is he ruining <laughs> the game or is it not going to work? Um, can, can we pick one? Can it, can it not be both? Very <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Fair point. <laughs> well, but that gets back to like we talked about in one of the first podcasts where people were holding out the, the masters as, as a signal that it doesn't work. And at the time I was like, I don't really remember what he finished, but it didn't seem like it was terrible. He, he finished 34th. Yeah, I know. It I was know. an abysmal golf tournament from every aspect of everything and he finished 34th in the masters like yeah, yeah. i don't I, yeah. I think that's just more credit to, to to the fact that it's correct so we're gonna i've got um some of the ideas that i think will happen in 2021 but before we do it just a couple of points i think we should definitely think about having uh maybe some kind of alcoholic beverage next to us in each podcast we do and maybe turn these into some kind of drinking game. So every time you say the word Bryson, you've got to take a shot. Scott, Scott played Augusta. Take a sip. Yeah, I'll take the old bottle if you keep saying that. Um, so 2021 for me, I think um, I'm looking forward to the Ryder Cup and reclaiming that 
uh, or or keeping it because obviously we we've got it at the minute from you guys because we missed it obviously this year. So hopefully we're going to see a Ryder Cup in 2021. I do love what the Ryder Cup does for golf. It's got, yeah. where it's got its issues as well because obviously the golf is a global game and it's a very closed obviously um, got a tournament some, to some extent. But it is fantastic the hype it does. So I'm really looking forward to a Ryder Cup in 20. 21 and i think it just also it adds such brilliant spice to the conversation and often not in a positive way but sometimes the not positive spice is good for opening up new strains of conversation and hopefully ways of helping people understand golf more and understand ourselves more because obviously the match play like you get bryson in the Ryder cup you know where that's going. You know, people aren't going to understand that match play. I mean, I've played against four-time European tour players and nearly beat them on nine holes. That doesn't mean I'm better than four-time winner European <laughs> tour players. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But that's what the Ryder Cup does. You get someone like Bryson against a European tour player who's not particularly heard of, one of our rookies, and they win. And it's like, oh, it doesn't work. So I, I love all that about the Ryder Cup. So I would like to see Ryder Cup going and with spectators in 2021 what are your thoughts on that 2021 if we don't get spectators for a Ryder Cup would that be horrendous would they not play it what are your thoughts well I, I would love to see spectators there and I love that you brought up the Ryder Cup um it is it is my one of my favorite you know weeks of the of the year every other year and I you know root for the for the U.S. team uh, each year but Ooh. one of the yeah boo but <laughs> but I will say one of the coolest moments I've seen in golf was back in I think it was 2010 um, when the Molinari brothers came out together like yeah. I'm obviously not rooting for you know them to do well I want the United States team to win but that was such an amazing moment and Celtic Manor, uh, just up uh, how, the road, 40 minutes yeah, up the road. How there. would you ever get that moment if there's no fans there? Yeah, that, that moment was made by the fans. And, yeah. and so I, I, I hope that we're in a position where uh, it's just a no-brainer to have fans there and present because I think that makes so much of the atmosphere of what, what you're watching and what you're seeing. 100%. I was on the 16th green at Le Golf National when we won the Ryder Cup in France. And I can tell you the fans were having a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> the the over-under is going to be if you mention the European uh, Ryder Cup wins or me playing the Gusta more. Yeah. So 2021, hopefully as well, it'll be a better year pandemic wise and the rest of it with vaccines being talked about because 2020 has been an awful year. But as you can see there, we've definitely found some um, really good talking points and obviously moving into next year, I think we've got lots to look forward to. I'm going to say I, happy Christmas. Go on, carry on. So I was going to say just because I know this is a highlight show, yeah. but so much of our core of what we're trying to do is help people shoot lower scores. One other 2020 highlight, I thought we were going to give a couple of them but that I wanted to give just so that way people can hear again, what we're all about is scoring is Sophia Popov winning the British open. And yes. the reason I think that's incredible is her instructor, Rob Rochelle is a guy that I've known forever since playing the golden bear tour back in the late nineties. And he had told me that they were working on a lot of decade ideas during these cactus tour events that she played. And not, not, not saying that just for a decade thing, but if you go read the articles on it, she had caddied just a few weeks earlier on the LPGA tour prior to winning. And then in her post-championship interview, she was saying, you know, I thought about the course a little bit more from a caddy perspective. I said, what is the smart decision to make here? You know, I'm, I'm someone who tends to be very aggressive. I go at pins, but do you have to be? And her answer is, you know, no, not really. And just seeing that 
here's a girl who obviously she got in at the last second to an LPGA event, finished ninth, which got her into the British. She's stuck here in the States to play a Symmetra tour event between the two because she's playing both tours and needed, you know, needs money on that to get her card and then gets over, doesn't get to the British until Tuesday. She's got satellites to help her learn the course. Like it's not the end of the world. And then just to see her say, you know, I realized when I caddied for that, there's similar things to caddy for Ann Van Dam. Um, there's a lot of things that are similar about my game. She's not that much better than me. I can do this and I'm just going to focus on strategy and being my own caddy, being a little bit easier on myself. What's the smart decision to make? And I, I just think that seeing, here's one of the best stories in 2020. I mean, essentially a John Daly PGA championship type story that, you know, unfortunately men's golf does have a little bit bigger footprint in the world than the women's game. But what Sophia accomplished was very similar to what John Daly did in the PGA with getting Absolutely. in the last second, one practice round and win the damn thing. And I think that seeing that a lot of what she was focusing on is what we always talk about, course management, decisions, scoring. It's not necessarily about playing better. So for 2020, that's one of my highlights also. Yeah, that's a good point. And it would be great to see the women's game start to get a bit more recognition. And I mean, we're all as bad as everyone, maybe for not mentioning it enough. So I think that's a really good point there, Scott. And it's something 2021 going forwards, like, you know, because other sports have managed it. The tennis, you know, if I watch Wimbledon, I'm watching the women's and the men's like it's mixed. I mean, I've been to Wimbledon a number of times and it's it's a man's game, a women's game and a man's game. And then you have semi-final final days are split into sexes but generally it's just you watch good tennis and i do mm-hmm. think it would be great if golf could actively push on that way and and that's talk about rolling the ball back with the word that i can never say um <laughs> who, who wants to say it what's the word bifurcation bifurcation um when people mention that it's you know let's roll the ball back for the men's professional game only and i just think oh like there is big divides in our game. There always has been. Like we, we can be like polite or we can be honest. Golf has had and still has huge sexist issues in it. To roll it back for one uh, gender would be an interesting talking point maybe in another pod because for me, I think that would be just crazy. Um, I'm going to wish you both happy Christmas. This is a Christmas pod, guys. I don't know if you've done the maths on this. This one basically is going out the week before Christmas. So happy Christmas, listeners. Happy Christmas, Lou. Yes, and Merry Christmas to you as well. Thank you, and happy Christmas, Scott. Same to you. Looking forward to a lot of these in 2021. I think these are going to be a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying them. Absolutely. We're looking forward to 2021. Thank you all for listening to the Hack It Out Golf podcast. As always, happy Christmas to everybody, and let's hope for a better new year.